1: Welcome to another episode of the Michelle Tafoya podcast. We're going to talk about Donald Trump. (laughs) Many of you know I wrote an open letter to Donald Trump many months ago saying, please don't run again. Just don't. We need new, fresh faces, new blood. You're just gumming up the works and you're too controversial. And, you know, I got a lot of response, some good, some bad. But right now, certain numbers tell a very Amazing story about where we are. We'll get into it next.
0: Now, it's time for some sanity. It's the Michelle Tafoya podcast. So,
1: No matter what gets thrown at Trump, people still love him. In fact, it seems that the more that gets thrown at Trump, the more people love him. Quick little story. This is just anecdotal, but I was going to the airport the other day, and the guy that was driving me said, I'm a complete lefty, but I'm voting for Trump. And I said, really? He said, yes. If both sides hate him this much, he must be doing something right. There must be something to this. And he went on and really just spent the entire car ride explaining to me what he believed. And I listened, and I found it interesting. And some of it, you know, maybe conspiracy theory, Tell me where there's not a conspiracy theory in America surrounding any politician these days. But this is where we are. Trump hasn't had to get on the debate stage. We've got Kim Reynolds, the governor of Iowa, endorsing Ron DeSantis. I'm not sure that's going to help. We have Nikki Haley moving up in the polls. Vivek Ramaswamy, Vivek Ramaswamy kind of dwindling a little bit. But is there anyone that's going to... Take a dent, put a dent in the support of Donald Trump. It's, it's bizarre. I feel I'm kind of a middle of the road person. I like Glenn Youngkin a lot because he is also middle of the road. He believes parents should be in charge of their kids. He believes uh, that uh, you know, abortion should be maybe illegal after 15 weeks when a a a embryo starts to feel pain. But he also said there are going to be exceptions uh, with incest, rape and life of the mother. And by the way, I've spoken with um, prominent pro-lifers who tell me that life of the mother also means can she emotionally, mentally handle having a baby? So that's a a very fluid um, sort of term there. I I just want to point that out. Uh, Some people, look, they're going to take this abortion issue and they're going to say, no, a woman should be able to have an abortion whenever the hell she wants. I disagree, I think at a certain point that child is a human being it's existing and that's a whole nother podcast. But regardless, I think Glenn Youngkin has a very reasoned common sense approach, but Glenn Youngkin isn't running for president. He's still trying to get Virginia in the right direction. It seems like Virginia's doing a lot of really good things. So here we are with Donald Trump having unbelievable unfavorability but also unbelievable favorability. It's really bizarre. I'll read to you now from this CBS News report. With views of things in America continuing to be bad and now hitting their most negative marks of the year, one might expect an incumbent president to trail in a pre-election poll, as Joe Biden does in this one. But that's only half the story. The other half is that Donald Trump holds distinct advantages in his own right when voters look forward. More voters think they'd be off, be better off financially. Financially, if Trump wins in 24 and more voters think it's Trump who can keep the United States out of a war if he wins. Mr. Biden's Democratic base looks a little more shaky than Trump's going into next year, too, which isn't helping him. On those financial measures, Mr. Biden hasn't fully made the case to his fellow Democrats that he'll help them financially or address inequality, certainly not in the way Trump has convinced Republicans. Looking overseas, Democrats aren't as sure about Mr. Biden avoiding an overseas war as Republicans are about Trump doing so. And then more directly, Democrats are just less apt to say they'll vote. That's the enthusiasm factor. Granted, it's far off. But it does speak to the challenges Mr. Biden has in front of him one year out from Election Day. Now, it's remarkable. Some of you may have heard that there are people, you know, Democrat operatives that are saying "Eh, things are not looking good. Maybe Mr. Biden needs to bow out. Maybe the president needs to take a look at what's best for the party and say, you know what, I'm not going to run again. Or what are the machinations by which we can do this? Let him get all the delegates and then when you go to convention, have him step down and the delegates find a new candidate. How are they going to do it? How's it going to happen? But the fact of the matter is an incumbent president is in really bad shape. And it makes sense. Because the world appears to be on fire, and even though inflation has slowed, it still is very, very expensive here in the United States to buy a box of cereal. I don't know if you've checked that out lately. Those partisans, I'm continuing from the CBS CBS News article, those partisans may be reading the polls, too. Mr. Biden's backers react to the idea of a rematch by mainly saying they're nervous and frustrated. Trumps say they're hopeful and motivated. Plus, as ever in American politics, views on race continue to play a role. Let's unpack these more. First, the financial factor, okay? I mean, they came out with the phrase, it's the economy stupid. When people go about their lives, much of their freedom has to do with and their ability to make decisions for themselves has to do with money. Do they have a job? Do they have a good job? Can they support their family? Can they afford to put food on the table? Americans have long described financial setbacks because of inflation and interest rates. Those who feel they're worse off financially are backing Trump. And this isn't just punitive toward Mr. Biden. Biden those voters overwhelmingly think they will be financially better off if Trump wins. Here's the question that was asked by this CBS News poll. Personal finances, their policies would make you financially better off, financially worse off, stay about the same. If Biden wins, financially better off, 18%. Mm, It's not a great number. Financially worse off if Biden wins, 48%. Stay about the same. 34%. 34%. If Trump wins, 45% of likely voters believe they'd be financially better off. 45%. 32% think they'd be financially worse off. 23% think they'd stay about the same. And voters continue to believe the wealthy are favored over the middle and working class in America today. And Mr. Biden has not persuaded them this would change during a second term, nor does he have any meaningful advantage over Trump in being seen as helping the middle and working class. So if, if you talk about class, whose policies would favor the wealthy? It's 50-50, Trump-Biden. Whose policies would help the middle and working class? 29% say if Biden would help. 25% say if Trump would help. Treat the same. 20% Biden. 24% Trump. So not a real big difference there. The overseas factor. As foreign policy dominates the news, it isn't the central vote driver here. It rarely is in presidential politics. But then again, it isn't helping Mr. Biden either. It's Trump more than Mr. Biden, who is more widely viewed as decreasing the chance of the U.S. being in a war, and also more seen as able to increase peace and stability in the world. These are tough numbers for a president trying to inspire confidence in a time of international crisis. You know what I've, sidebar here, a little side note, I've been amazed. I I can remember vividly when Russia invaded Ukraine. And we were all glued to our televisions and there were all the special reports and everyone was just, oh the angst we felt for these Ukrainians, these people who were being driven out of their homes. And, you know, Russia was invading. And it was front and center on all the news. Notice how that's taken a back seat now to what's going on in the Middle East. You don't hear as much stuff still flying, if you know what I mean, in Ukraine. But it isn't garnering the same attention as this Middle East conflict. So we've got two fronts, two hotspots in the world. And you know who's probably thinking about contemplating a third? China invading Taiwan. What then? What the hell then? And China, Russia, and Iran are all keeping holding hands, let's just say that. All right. So here's this CBS News poll US in a war overseas. Their policies would increase chances of the U.S. in a war, decrease chances of U.S. in a war or have no effect. All right. If Biden wins, 49 percent think the chances would increase. If Trump wins, 39 percent think the chances of U.S. in a war would increase. So that doesn't bode well for Biden. Decrease chances of a war, if Biden wins, 23 percent think our chances decrease. If Trump wins, 43% think the chances would decrease. Have no effect, 28% if Biden wins, say no effect. If Trump wins, 18% say no effect. Peace and stability in the world, their policies would increase peace and stability. 31% say if Biden wins, that would increase peace and stability. 47% say if Trump wins, it would increase peace and stability. Decrease If Biden wins, 43% say decrease peace and stability. 36% say Trump wins. That would decrease peace and stability. No effect. 26% say if Biden wins, there won't be an effect. 17% say there won't be an effect if Trump wins. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free.
0: You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now.
1: 800-702-5400.
0: Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
1: Okay. I, I, I could go on and on. The bottom line is David Axelrod an an obama supporter just i mean we could talk on and on about david axelrod being a cheerleader for the democrat party has said eh, joe might want to think about not running again in so many words you're hearing it all over the place a few weeks ago if you heard my podcast i talked about a guy named sam harris he's a podcaster he calls himself a philosopher and he did a podcast that I criticized because he said there's no such thing as a self-made man. Because if we can't all be self-made men, then no one can be, which I think is a load of crap. But that's anyway. He did a podcast this week where he said Trump was right about the southern border. He was right. Our border's porous. Our, our, you know, our security here in the United States, our domestic security is is at risk. He was right. He actually said Trump was right about the southern border but then he said but he's such an awful human being we can't possibly have him as president <laughs> you know i i i i share a a sliver of that sentiment i think he's a divisive character but i think there's a whole group of huge group of people in America who have felt jilted and sidelined and ignored by the government. They have felt as though they don't matter. They don't have power and they're, they're mistreated and they're not treated the same as, as elites. And we're seeing this play out to a certain extent in the courtrooms of America where Stuff is going on in this New York courtroom that is kind of a joke. And you have to ask yourself, really? If this could happen to a former president, it could happen to anybody. Maybe should we hold a a president to a higher standard? I, I don't know, because I thought everyone was equal in the United States of America. Everyone. Everyone should be accountable to the law. Really? Everyone? There are so many people who have not been held accountable for the things they've done to this country. I I could make you a list and someday we'll do that. On both sides of the aisle. So why should anyone feel that they need to be held accountable? That's the first part of the problem. And the second part is if you pick and choose who is accountable, then you start to look suspicious. And I think that's what we have going on here. Regardless, we've got Sam Harris saying Trump was right, but he's a despicable human being. It's, um, it's difficult for me to defend Trump because there is so much about him that is difficult to accept. But what I do know is that when he was in office and before COVID hit, the economy was better. The Abraham Accords were being implemented. We had peace in the Middle East. Russia wasn't invading Ukraine. And I think people were a little afraid of the United States. And I don't mind that because peace is built through strength. And the current occupant of the White House shows zero strength in my estimation. So if it comes down to a binary choice, which right now it looks like that choice is Trump or Biden. I guess RFK Jr., you have to put him in the mix, right? And that's very interesting. That's very, very interesting. For people who don't like either of these main political figures, Trump or Biden, they may just say, I'm not going to vote. Or they may say, you know what? I'm going to vote for RFK Jr. We are a year out, and this is looking very interesting. But... It is fascinating to watch as we get in more and more trouble worldwide, peace is dwindling, the economy is faltering, electric vehicles aren't selling, all of these things, and a president telling us that the biggest threat, the two biggest threats to us are climate change and white supremacy. Uh, it, it's I think I think people are starting to ask themselves. If I have to have surgery, life-saving surgery, do I want the best surgeon or do I want the nicest surgeon? Do I want the best surgeon even if he's a complete a-hole, but I know he's going he's gonna to fix me right up? Or do I want the guy who's really nice, but he's got a questionable t- track record? And right now, <laughs> there doesn't seem to be a third surgeon. And maybe it is early and maybe someone, you know, Nikki Haley or Rhonda Sanders will surprise us. But at the moment, it's very interesting to see the conversations morphing the way that they are. And that's all. That's all that I'm observing is that it seems that the polls would suggest that people believe that they would be in a safer world if Trump were in office than if Biden were in office. And they'd be in a more prosperous situation if Trump were in office and Biden were not in office. We will see how that plays out over the next year. We will see what happens to this Biden candidacy. We will see if RFK Jr. really has enough people power behind him to make a, you know, to to impact this election. And we will see if Trump gets indicted, well, not indicted, uh, convicted. He's already been indicted a gazillion times. Does he get convicted? And I I don't know. We are in the weirdest place. I never expected to be in this place in the United States of America. I still believe in the ideals of this country, but it seems that we've gotten away from them. And we are following some very bad trends in teaching people to hate other people, to hate America. (sighs) I am all over the place here, but the bottom line is we are in a topsy-turvy world. And, uh, these next few months are going to be very interesting to watch and also have a massive impact on your life. Because when you have an Israeli who's missing his brother, look you in the eye and say, you are next. It's hard to feel great about where we are. All right. Um, those were the, is, the Israeli families of hostages that spoke on Capitol Hill on Tuesday of this week. It, it is haunting. So where do you want to be? I think everyone would like to feel safe. I think everyone would like to feel prosperous. But right now we're just full of so much rage and anger and hatred and ick. Uh, buckle up, be brave, and do good. And we will see you next time.
0: And this is a wake-up call, not only for Israel, not only for the Jewish community. This is a wake-up call for all all of you here, all of America, all of Europe. You are next. You are next.